but she ends up getting their marriage annulled by the Pope. Oh. And then she leaves England and she goes and marries King Henry II of, or sorry, she leaves France and goes and marries King Henry II of England. So now she's the Queen of England. And um, her French husband, when she married him, became the Duke of Aquitaine and Gascony. But when she left him, when it was annulled, she took those back and then she gave them to her English husband. So she is the mother of the uh, kings that are famous from Robin Hood, which is Richard the Lionheart and John the First, pretty sure, mm-hmm. wow. of England. Um, so when Richard becomes king of England, he also becomes the Duke of Aquitaine and the Duke of Gascony. He dies off crusade. His brother John becomes king. He becomes the Duke of Gascony, the Duke of blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Down the line, down the line, till we get to Eleanor's great grandson go to my actual notes whose name is edward the <laughs> first so he's born in 1239 um, and he is the first monarch to be named after edward the confessor since that norman line has taken over they've been avoiding it they've been kind of being like let's not point out that we're not english and not name our kids after english kings oh. uh but edward's dad was like screw that i'm gonna name him edward <laughs> so um so he's the first edward uh, since then um, he also has so what is that, like 300 years. Yeah. Cause, uh, almost, almost 300 years. Cause, um, Ed, Edward, the confessor died in 1066 and now it's 1239. Okay. Edward the first has a very cool medieval nickname. He is known as Edward Longshanks. Whoa. <laughs> Longshanks is in reference to his long legs, specifically shins. I think. Yeah. He's got very long legs. It's a weird... Remember we had uh, Long Lad, Elizabeth's guy. Like, it's a very... Yeah. yeah. I think they they love to comment on gangly people. The the average height at the time... I was going to say. ...was five foot six. Five foot six, five foot eight. It's like Julia. Edward Longshanks was six foot two. Oh. So (laughs) he is quite a bit taller than everyone else. Uh, And his height is helping him with a couple things. He was a very skilled (laughs) horseback rider and a very good sword fighter, probably because his arms were longer than everyone he was sword fighting with. (laughs) That probably helped. Uh, He was super into leading military campaigns even before he was king when he was just the prince of England. He was, like, fighting wars and off on crusades. Um, Even, like, when he... His father died in 1272, and he was in the middle of a crusade, and um, he was so intimidating and had such a, like, reputation at that point that in England they just, like, hit the King Henry, I think it's Henry III, died. And they went, all right, Edward is Edward I. He's the King of England. And Edward was like, cool, I'm off on a crusade. I'll be back later. And he was gone for almost, like, two years. No one tried to, like, take his crown or usurp oh, wow. his power or overthrow him. Everyone was like, let's wait for him to come he's back. Just, he's coming back. <laughs> We'll just say five minutes. Yeah, and if he comes back and he's angry, it's going to be really bad for all of us. So we'll just sit here and wait. Yeah. Um, So Edward the First is also the Duke of Gascony and Anquetine, whatever you know, as you do. Again, (laughs) those are regions in France. They're not in England. So they kind of like they got all of England, and then they've got these areas in France. And because those areas in France are duchies technically if they ever go over to france there's all these duties they're supposed to do as people that are like subjects to the king of france so they're in this like really weird where it's like france has a king england has a king but if someone comes over and they're like in gascony then they're supposed to do certain things as the duke of gascony like go to france and say like hey king of france 
I pay homage to you as the Duke of Gascony, but they're simultaneously the King of England. It's really weird. Oh. So it's cra- it causes a lot of tension. Yeah. Between the two And places. confusion. Yeah, it's really weird, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Wong Shanks is okay with it. Wong <laughs> Shanks is a dick. I don't think yeah. he's okay with anything. No, I mean, he's okay with the tension. Oh, yes. He's, he's fine like, with fuck yeah. this. <laughs> oh. So. Uh, Longshanks marries uh, this woman named Eleanor Castile in 1254, and they start having kids. They have a lot of kids. Uh, so between their marriage and when Eleanor died in 1290, uh, they have 11 girls and four boys. <laughs> Lots of kids. Oh, that's a lot of kids. Um, but the Middle Ages sucked. So um, how many of them survived? Five. <laughs> Whoa. Four. I think four actually. I think by the time Eleanor died, she actually had three daughters and one son. I could be wrong about that, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the youngest. They lost a third of their, or two-thirds of their yes. children. And it's the youngest boy, who is literally, like, number 15 out of these 15 kids, uh, that will become the next king of England. So his name is also Edward. Okay. He's known as Edward of Carnarvon, because he was born in Carnarvon Castle in Wales. Mm-hmm. So he's born on April 25th, 1284. Um, he was born a year after uh, Longshanks conquered Wales, and oh. so he was probably purposely born in that castle in Wales and given the name. Yeah, it was like a very now. like conquering yeah. moment. I own this shit. <laughs> um, Edward is not as, uh, and I'm gonna forever refer to Edward the First as Longshanks. Yeah. So when I say Edward, it means Edward of Carnarvon. Yeah. So. Uh, Edward, like Prince Edward, not as formidable as Longshanks. Mm. Um, as a young prince, he was said to really like music and gardening. Ah. Uh, he really liked dogs. <laughs> he was super <laughs> into greyhounds. He also enjoyed associating with laborers and other lower class workers, <gasps> which was very weird. All the other nobility were like, is that guy talking to a gardener right now? <laughs> what's, He's a sweetie. What's going on? Um, but like his dad, he was also very tall. And as he grew up, he was... Super tall and muscular, and at the time, people were like, oh, he's so handsome. Isn't that a mm-hmm. handsome prince? Mm-hmm. So, but a weird, a weird guy. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Simple. He's a simple man. Yes. <laughs> so, Isabella of France was born sometime between May and November 1295. We don't know when her exact birthday is. Hmm. Um, so, she's the daughter of King Philip IV of France and Queen Joan I of Navarre, and her three older brothers who would eventually all be kings of England, are Louis, Philip, and Charles. Mm. As talked about in our Charles the Bad episode. Mm -hmm. So Isabella was very well educated. She's taught how to read and write, and she was super into books. She loved books. Uh, Contemporaries described her as highly intelligent with a charismatic personality. Mm. She's good. She's also super beautiful. She's Mm -hmm. absolutely beautiful. Uh, So most people say she took after her father, who was nicknamed Philip the Fair, which in oh, yeah. French literally translates to Philip Lebel because he was mm. just so handsome. Um, and there's this... Philip the pretty. Yeah. yeah. Philip the good looking. That's all. Um, I read a quote about him. <laughs> it was like I was investigating further into Isabella's childhood. And she was raised, she was raised by a nurse. And her mother died when she was 10. Mm-hmm. And then it said something like, her father was described as a strangely unemotional man. And then there was a quote from someone that said, he was neither man nor beast, but a statue. And I was like, cool. (laughs) Well, that would have been fun to grow up with. Is that as your father? (laughs) Wow. It's just like, 
I mean, I guess it's better statue than beast. I guess so. <laughs> that's the alternative. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, there's also a fun quote about Isabella. This uh, French chronicler, Geoffrey of Paris, just said Isabella was the beauty of beauties in the kingdom, if not all of Europe. Oh. So she's very lovely looking. All right. Or at least by whatever standards to, to the time. Yeah. Um, so, like I said before, there's a bunch of tension between uh, France and England, mostly over the whole Gascony thing, some other stuff too. Uh, but by the time Isabella was born, her father was kind of like tired of the fighting thing. He was like, this isn't getting me anywhere. Uh, change tactics. So he wants to make peace with Longshanks. And so his first kind of step towards this is he suggests that the recently widowed Longshanks should marry uh, Philip's half-sister. Her name is Margaret. So Longshanks does that. He marries Margaret in 1299. And then Philip is like, also, what we should also do is your son, Edward, should marry my daughter, Isabella. Mm. So the two of them are engaged, but they're not going to get married yet because Isabella is... Yeah, they were like is, really young, right? Yeah. yeah. Isabella is uh, like four? Yeah. Five or four? And uh, Edward's a teenager. So, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. How it goes. Probably frowned upon. <laughs> so, uh, Longshanks It was agrees. like the one that you did where it was just like, yeah, but he like, didn't... I don't want to wait. Yeah, you didn't want to wait. So I was like, what? <laughs> That's the problem you have? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Longshanks decides that uh, between now and Isabella growing up and her his son getting married, uh, he's going to take his son, his 16-year-old son, on a military campaign. And now that he is done fighting with France and they have peace... He's decided that he is going to uh, fight the Scots. So he goes to war with Scotland. Mm. Um, and this is how Longshanks earned his second nickname, Uh-oh. which is he's also known as Edward, the Hammer of the Scots. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's seen the movie Braveheart, which you is like exactly who super is. not accurate, but Edward is like the villain in Braveheart. Uh, he is. Yeah. I've seen that movie, yeah. but he's, I didn't. Oh. He's the old, the old, old king. king. Oh. super mean. Yes. He's awful. <laughs> but he was kind of awful in real life, too. But still not. Yeah. But. Did I ever tell you about the time? I, I know I have, but I've definitely never said it on here before. But I watched that movie um, in this hostel in, like, somewhere in the Maritimes. Um, and there's these two British guys who I didn't know were British. They were already watching Braveheart. We went down. There's, like, a common room in the hostel. And they were sitting there watching Braveheart, and it was, like, 20 minutes in or whatever. So we sat down with them. No one said anything through the whole movie. We all just sat there in complete silence. And then the end of the movie happened with the whole, like, how it ends. And the one guy just, like, he turns it off, turns to his friend. He's like, too right? Don't fuck with the British. And I was like, I feel like you missed the point (laughs) of possibly that entire film. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Like, how is that your opinion? Fucking <laughs> like imperialist. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway. So, well, at some point, so I promptly left. Yeah. Uh, Longshanks and Edward, they go to Scotland around like 1300, and at some point between then and like 1307-ish, uh, Edward is introduced to this young man who is named Pierre Gaveston. Gaveston? Gaveston. Uh, he uh, is not a noble. He is the son of a knight. Um, and his father, his family is from Gascony. So he's not English. He's mm-hmm. French, Gascony. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, his father served with Longshanks. So while Longshanks was off like in Gascony fighting with the French, uh, his father was one of the knights that served with Edward there, Longshanks. And Longshanks might have like been introduced to Pierre and realized that he was also a good soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, so people think he probably brought Longshanks or Longshanks brought Pierre to Scotland with them to be a model for his son. His son who liked music and gardening. Oh. And he was like, let's go on this military campaign. By the way, I got you a friend that's yeah. going to show you how to be a good soldier. <laughs> yeah. Because he can't take the hint. No. <laughs> what does he think he's doing? <laughs> um, but Pierre and uh, Edward became like instantly bestest best friends. They were just immediately the bestest of friends. Very, mm-hmm. very close to each other. Um, and Edward either... Okay, so people think maybe... Best friends. Best, best mm, friends. Super best friends. But maybe, I don't know what Edward's deal is. Um, maybe he just thought that when you are best friends with someone and you're rich, you just give your best friend lots and lots of things because he just started like giving Pierre all these lavish gifts, like insane things, like just like money and clothes and horses and like just like things that mm. are like, you know, just showered him yes showered him with gifts um and at one point he went up to his father longshanks and he said hey uh i think we should make pierre the count of Ponthieu, which is a um i guess region in france that edward was actually the count of he had inherited it from his mother Mm. Uh, and longshanks was not okay with this apparently he was so enraged that he grabbed his son's head and ripped out chunks of his hair oh jesus uh because being a count is a huge deal and again Pierre is not, Pierre is literally a nobody. He's just like good at being a soldier and now friends yeah. with the prince, but he's not, he hasn't done anything to deserve being a count. And Edward was just like, he's my friend. Let's make him a count. Mm. Longshanks was like, like fucking nope. idiot. <laughs> you haven't learned shit. No, not how that works. Huh. Um, but at the same time. But we learned last time that fathers weren't really good with their sons no, at weren't. this time. No. I don't think they were good with any children. <laughs> I don't think they were. <laughs> they, they hand off their daughters. Yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, Longshanks probably did trust Pierre to some um, extent because when um, this uh, count or the Baron of Mortimer died, uh, he had a 17 year old son who was married and had children but wasn't old enough to inherit his father's land and longshanks made pierre his legal guardian so that happened in like 1304 and until 1306 pierre was like you know the guardian of a baron and friends with the prince but still not good enough to be a yeah. it's a weird kind of like yeah gray area it's like trust like, but yeah. not like blood you can do this but you cannot be a count yeah <laughs> so um but then in 1307 uh, Longshanks exiled Pierre to Gascony. He was like, get the fuck out of here. No one really knows why. Maybe because of the count thing. Who knows? Within like that same year, like in a couple months, uh, Longshanks was trying to uh, go to war with Scotland again. He marched out with his army, and then he got dysentery, and he died in July 1307. And allegedly, sorry, allegedly, uh, while he was lying on his deathbed, he like gathered his closest advisors to them and he said promise me that you will make sure that pierre gavston never returns to england what yeah <laughs> so that's a grudge yeah <laughs> like your deathbed like you want to say goodbye to your family or <laughs> i know that's all he said and they just keeled over it's like no this guy stays the fuck out <laughs> no i hate pierre gavston that's all i want to yeah. tell you so uh <laughs> edward becomes king edward the second 
And he immediately brings his BFF back from exile. Well, yeah, Immediately. And then he makes Pierre the Earl of Cornwall. <laughs> Which is above account. I'm pretty sure it's above account. <laughs> so oh, wow. It's like you, Dan. It's a huge promotion. And then, in order to, quote, strengthen Pierre and surround him with friends, he arranged for him to uh, marry this very wealthy English lady. So now he's the Earl of Cornwall, best friend of the king, and married to one of the wealthiest women in England. Well, I guess it pays to be nice. This did not surround Pierre with friends. The exact opposite. The English nobility were super not into it. They didn't like it at all. Um, and at this time, the the English lords, they're called the barons. They actually were like a like a rudimentary parliament thing. So they don't have. It's not a country where like the king's word is like the be all end all. There's all these like people under him backers. who are yeah. Remember when we talked about make decisions and all that stuff. We talked about when we were talking about Mary Queen of Scots because the Scottish people really um, mirrored the English yeah. um, monarchy. But remember, we had Mary and then her husband. And he was like, he wanted Mary to be dead because she had oh, said yeah. that you can't have power if I die. And so he got all of the lords of Scotland to yeah. then sign a piece of paper that said, well, we'll back you. We'll make sure that this is. So it's that same kind of thing where the lords actually have a ton of power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So they're kind of in this weird gray area where Edward thinks, Edward II thinks, I should have the ability to do these certain things. And the lords are like, we really don't think you should have the ability to do these things. They're kind of like fighting back and forth. There's a lot of tension within their own uh, court. Mm-hmm. Plus, Pierre was kind of an arrogant dick. He was like super cocky. He wasn't like humble. Like it's not like he was like, oh, I oh. know I shouldn't be the Earl of Cornwall, but like, you I'm know, just glad to just be a part of friend. this. <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, that's right, bitches. I'm the fucking Earl of Cornwall now. Oh, <laughs> like. No. Um, and he had really like insulting nicknames for people at court too. <laughs> like, oh my god, he was what just a, a huge bro. douche. I imagine oh him just like walking through court, being like, <laughs> "What's a nickname? What can you come up with?" Well, they're all like medieval. Sup, soggy butt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. The first thing I can think of. I have no explanation. <laughs> <laughs> so, in January 1308, uh, Edward II declares that he is going to travel to France to officially marry Mary. Mara. Mary, Princess Isabella. And uh, while he's away, he appoints Gaveston as his regent, which is a very unpopular decision. He's like, I'm going to go marry. You You take care of everything, Gaveston, oh person who is the son of a knight and yeah. whose mother is described as the sister of a wealthy landowner. You get to be king while I'm gone. Jeez. Jeez. So much trust. He really likes him. Yeah. He really likes him. Really they must be him. super best friends. So Isabella and Edward were married at uh, Boulogne-sur-Mer uh, on January 25th, 1308. Um, and they celebrated in France for a couple of days. Apparently her father, Philip IV, um, is like, he gave like Edward, like, you know, she got, he got like a dowry and he got all these wedding gifts for marrying yeah. Isabella. And then he handed him a list of grievances that he had in regards to Gascony. <laughs> <laughs> and it also was basically this. like okay <laughs> like tossed it away immediately <laughs> like i don't think so bro Jeez. anyway um and then uh they went back to england uh isabella brought with her a wardrobe consisting of 72 headdresses and coifs two gold crowns numerous furs and dresses made of velvet taffeta and silk so wow. she is baller yeah 
she's crazy rich and she was just like, yeah, I'm going to bring all this shit to show you yeah. guys how rich I am. And I roll up in England. <laughs> she's also 12. Oh, um, <laughs> that's too many. So, uh, on February 25th, 1308. Those are only going to fit for how long? Yeah, you're still growing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. They didn't get very tall. Yeah, that's uh, true. On February 25th, 1308, the couple had a joint coronation at Westminster Palace, and then they had this huge wedding feast in England with all the mm-hmm. English nobility people, uh, complete with marble tables and a fountain that produced wine and pimento. Oh. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. I would love to go to a party with a drink drink fountain. Like, you just, like, put your glass under. Oh, we did that once in a a backyard party. We bought a fountain. Yeah. And then cleaned it out, and they had sangria. There was, like, fruit in the bottom and then wine coming out of the thing. It was decadent. Wow. That That sounds great. Long time ago. Oh. (laughs) So. Back when I was cool, and I did cool things. (laughs) Like, go to yard parties with wine fountains. So now we're going to enter into this really gray area of history. There okay. is uh, stories about the relationship between Isabella and Edward and Pierre. Um, and some of them are like from the time and are definitely fact. And some mm-hmm. of them are things that are from like historians from the 1400s and the 1500s and the 1600s. So they, they weren't alive yeah. at this time. So who knows if they're telling the truth. But I mean, just like this, and this is why this era used to be called like they had like the dark ages mm-hmm. because they have this discrepancy of like what's accurate and what's not accurate, and now it's just right of the middle ages rather than that. Mm-hmm. But it comes, it it comes from somewhere. There's some truth, like even small truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are sources that say that while they were doing this wedding feast, that Edward just straight up ignored Isabella and spent the entire time with Pierre. Um, so guys, I'm starting like, to think that they're not just best friends. <laughs> best, best, just best friends. Um, I don't know, guys. There was one that said that uh, he commissioned a tapestry for the wedding, and it had his coat of arms and Pierre's family's uh, coat guys. of arms on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also red allegedly red took, tapestries. <laughs> he allegedly took Isabella's jewelry from her. Gifted it to Pierre. And then they also say that Pierre would like proudly wear the jewelry around court and just walk around like, I'm the Earl of Cornwall and I got Isabella's necklace. Like, I'm so cool. Queen bitch. (laughs) Yup. But at the same time, like I said, those are all stories that come from later in history. And there's people that say that it could have, it could be like a smear campaign against Edward to say those things. And also during this time, Edward did father an illegitimate son. So, Mm. Uh, but he was, he definitely was not paying a lot of attention to Isabella at all. Uh, But again, she was 12 and he was 24. So it could be that Edward II just happened to be the one person in the middle ages that was like, I'm not going to sleep with a 12 year old. Yeah. yeah, I'm marrying her for political reasons. I'm gonna wait till she's older because he does have children with her, and he does start to like pay attention to her, just when she's older. Yeah, okay. I mean that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so, Meh. I mean you know. he could pay attention to her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he could acknowledge <laughs> the fact that she's in the same room. But, may- but maybe, but you know, like you have a conversation, but you're like, hey. Because as a 12-year-old girl marrying this king, yeah. you're immediately like, this is my husband. And, mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to give her false 
hope? Do yeah. they have a thing when they don't if he's not yeah. going to do that? What do no? they talk about? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Scotland, I think. <laughs> anyway, uh, Pierre Gaveston continued to be unpopular, regardless of whatever his relationship was with Edward. He was still super unpopular. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, his biggest enemy was this guy named uh, Thomas, who was the <laughs> Earl of Lancaster. Oh, Thomas okay. and Lancaster. I thought it was just going to be some guy named Thomas. <laughs> some dude named Thomas. Uh, <laughs> one star review. <laughs> Thomas was one of the wealthiest lords in England. Okay. So he's very powerful, very wealthy. Yeah, so he's got his own, you know, he's got his team of bros. Edward's got a team of bros and supporters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, let's say Lancaster's team is a bit bigger at this time. Okay. So uh, they managed to uh, pressure Edward into exiling Gaveston again. Exile number oh. two. Uh, he gets sent to Ireland, but within a year, Edward has found a way to bring him back. He's back in England. Uh, the barons are pissed. So they draft this thing. It's called the uh, Ordinances of 1311, which is like a bunch of government reforms and regulations. Yeah. And they say, the king can no longer make people earls for no reason. It's one of our ordinances. Mm-hmm. And our other ordinance is that the title, really personal. the title of earl will be taken away from Pierre. And he yeah. will be exiled again. And if he comes back, he'll be treated like an outlaw. Oh, my God. Wow. It's That's very it. personal. <laughs> End of meeting. Yeah. We have two topics and yeah. two topics only. Yeah. So Pierre's exiled again. He leaves England in November 1311. But by Christmas, the same year, he's back in England. There was someone that said that his wife gave birth at this time. So maybe that's why he came back. But that's a very short exile. Um, and by January 1312, Edward II declared that Pierre Gaveston is not an outlaw and he will be reinstated as the Earl of Cornwall. Oh my so I God. love him so much. Uh, and so the barons start a civil war. They're just done with that crap. They yeah. can't. They can't do it anymore. Um, well, I mean, the, the least he could fucking do is be a little bit humble about it. You know, <laughs> he's such a prick, though. Yeah, like he couldn't do it. He thinks he's the best. Yeah, yeah apparently. Well, because the king is just telling him that he's the best, like probably, every day. That's probably every what day. it is. He's like, "Don't listen to them. Don't sweetie. worry about <laughs> anyone. I will Here, protect you. Have a necklace. <laughs> yeah, you're perfect." So there's not a lot of information. Do you want to get a tapestry done? <laughs> there's not a lot of information on what Isabella was doing between 1309 and 1311, uh, but it seems like she did manage to peacefully coexist with Edward and Pierre when Pierre wasn't being exiled. She was fine with mm-hmm. him. They weren't like, I mean, there are like stories, obviously, like her jewelry being taken from her, but there's nothing of like, it wasn't like she was writing massive letters to her father, like, mm. you're never going to believe what Pierre did to me today. They, mm-hmm. they were fine. Um, but during the revolt that happened, uh, she was, um, she's now 17 years old, and she openly supported her husband against Thomas Lancaster and his t- team of people. Um, and she even wrote letters to her uncles demanding that they send military support and financial support to her husband. So... She seems, it seems like she was okay with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Earl of Lancaster did consider her to be one of uh, Pierre's allies. So the people that hated Pierre were like, we can't trust Isabella because she's friends with Pierre. Interesting. Um, but she'd also gathered her own inner circle of supporters at this point. Um, and the people she surrounded herself with were enemies of Lancaster's kind of group of people. Mm. Mm. So she's starting to kind of like, I don't know, come into her own. Yeah. a bit gather her own footing make her own place in court mm-hmm. so in june 1312 pierre is in this castle lancaster's men 
make like a siege thing outside. They capture him. And then Lancaster and the Earl of War- Warwick are kind of responsible for his capture. They order that uh, Pierre be run through with the sword and beheaded. Oh, so Pierre is run through with a sword and then beheaded. Oh. oh. <laughs> Make it so, yeah. number one. <laughs> so Pierre is gone. Uh, but not all the barons, even the ones that some of the ones that were on the side of Lancaster were down with the murder. A bunch of them were like, holy shit, Thomas, you actually killed him? I thought we just didn't want him to be the Earl of Cornwall. Yeah. So a bunch of people shift, shift alliances, oh, okay. go to Edward's side. Um, but there are still people who are supporting Thomas Lancaster. Mm-hmm. And so they, they kind of managed to create this, like, sort of peace thing where they're like, let's not fight anymore. Edward's not going to, like, you know, like, yeah, Pierre's gone. He's gone. Let's just stop fighting. Edward's mm-hmm. not going to charge you for murdering his bestest best friend, and you can stop fighting. Everything will be good. But they still hate each other. Yeah. Uh, and then on November 13th, 1312, Isabella gave birth to her son named Edward. Now we got another Edward. Uh, this is we're almost catching up with... Um Almost catching up with Charles the Bad. Joan. Joan. And Joan. Oh, yes. I say Fran. <laughs> and, like, that is not no. a name that ever came up. I don't know why. I wish it was. I Fran. love a Queen Fran. <laughs> Queen Fran. Queen Franny. Um, um, Joan. We're almost catching up to Joan. So things are not going well for Edward. Regardless of the barons, things are bad. Uh, in 1314, he starts another war with Scotland. Scotland's like, we want to be independent. And he's like, I'll stop that. Uh, so he sends <laughs> an army over there. But it's a catastrophic failure. Oh, Just no. he is horribly defeated. Mm-hmm. And um, Thomas Lancaster is continuing to be a dick. And he's pointing to this failure in Scotland and being like, look how much of a shitty king he is. Like, look what he just did. Hmm. Um, and then at the same time, this famine hits England. And so now all the like, pretty much all their subjects are like dying. Oh, jeez. Um, and he is so unpopular that at one point, this very obviously crazy person popped up in Oxford and started saying that him and Edward had been swapped at birth and he was the real king of England. Oh, and a bunch of people you know, were like, maybe, maybe that's right. <laughs> I love that because like they, we do that now. But like, you know, like the Beatles are like, um, yeah. like not John, Paul McCartney. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's so many things like lizard people. It's just good to know that like that's been going on for a long oh, yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's not just us being cuckoo bananas <laughs> but that's a classic like man in the iron mask yes yeah. kind of like the real king is this crazy guy yeah especially mm. when you have almost like a tyrantish kind of king yeah they're like no it's easier to real. believe yeah so yeah. there's some nice man out there that's actually king <laughs> uh so isabella decides that she's gonna try to fix this crumbling monarchy uh so she starts becoming more of a political figure. She actually is involving herself in the government. She's going to council meetings on her own. She's getting into things. Yeah. Uh, she has another son who's born in 1316. Uh, and then in 1319, the Scottish general, Sir James Douglas, tried to kidnap Isabella. She like just barely managed to escape. He somehow knew where she was staying and like Ooh. stormed the castle. And she just barely Lol. managed to escape. And a lot of people think Lancaster is the person who told them where she would be. So... He's stirring shit up. Yeah. So, <laughs> Hugh the Dispenser, <laughs> he served <laughs> with Longshanks. This is going to get super confusing, by the way. Uh, he served with Longshanks <laughs> in... Fuck. <laughs> 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 Do not have an explanation for that. Dispenses his justice. <laughs> what does, is he like a pest dispenser? 
his head just yeah. comes up. He's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew that's he, what you thought of. <laughs> he served under Longshanks in numerous battles. Uh, and when the whole thing was happening between Edward and Pierre and the barons, he actually supported Edward II. You said it like it was so normal. So, <laughs> You're so brave. <laughs> the Dispensers and the Lancasters are bitter enemies. They hate each other. Even before the whole Pierre-Edward thing, okay. they did not like each other. So they're opposed to each other. Um, and in 1318, Hugh the Younger Dispenser, <laughs> the son of the Dispenser, uh, he becomes the royal chamberlain to King Edward II and immediately fills the void that was left by Pierre. Mm. He just needs someone. Hugh is more of a dick than Pierre was. He's awful. He's, I don't know what his deal is. He just is a fucking terrible person. Um, and he was definitely not interested in being friends with Isabella. So she was basically like an outsider in court as soon as um, oh. Hugh became like the new favorite because the dispensers and their crew didn't like her and the Lancasters also didn't like her. So those are like the two. It's That's like you're either a Lancaster or you're with the dispensers. And then Isabella was just kind of in the middle. Um, and, uh, Hugh was just as good at, um, making enemies as Pierre was, and mm -hmm. he was really, really good at manipulating Edward II. So, like, with Pierre, I think you could make the argument that Edward was just giving him things. Like, I yeah. don't know if he specifically was like, make me the Earl of Cornwall, um, as much as Edward probably just wanted him to be it, whereas Hugh, the, the younger dispenser, was actually like, hey, give me this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're best friends. Give me this. Um, and, uh, he ends up, he keeps asking for land. His family is kind of like where their land is on the border between like England and Wales. And he oh, wants yeah. land. He wants land. He wants land. And eventually Edward takes a bunch of land from Roger Mortimer and gives it to, uh, the dispensers and Roger Mortimer is pissed. And so he joins the Lancaster side. Oh, jeez. Messy. Yeah. So <laughs> in 1321, <laughs> he sounded like... Do you, do you remember the... Oh, no, it's in Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> I was like, who is it? Oh, my gosh. Messy, messy, messy. messy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm insane. So, <laughs> <laughs> who thinks of that? In 1321... Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. That's what you ate for dinner. <laughs> Sorry, continue. In 1321, Lancaster's troops storm into London, and they are basically like, we want the dispensers to be exiled, or we're going to start a fucking war right now. Mm -hmm. So in order to prevent war, Isabella, quote, publicly went down on her knees to appeal to Edward to exile the dispensers, providing him with a face-saving excuse to do so, but Edward intended to arrange their return at the first opportunity. Oh, oh. this guy. He loves them. He just can't live without Jeez. you. Men. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> there's kind of this weird, weird thing that happens. Uh, Isabella, so the dispensers are exiled. Uh, there's kind of, again, this weird, very like tentative peace thing happening that can stop, like break out into war at any moment. Mm -hmm. And um, Isabella decides that she's going to go on this pilgrimage to Can Canterbury. Canterbury. And as part of this kind of like, the tradition was that you stop at Leeds Castle while you do this thing. Okay. So she goes in August 1321, she goes to Leeds Castle, but the people who are occupying Leeds Castle, like the family that owns it, they're supporters of Lancaster. So they refuse to let Isabella in to their home. 
causes some fighting. And then a fight breaks out between the soldiers that are part of like the Leeds castle and the soldiers that are with Isabella. And mm-hmm. Edward is like, oh my God, they're attacking my queen. Let's go to war. So this is known as the dispenser Triggered. war. The dispenser and war. And he starts this huge, huge, huge war. And it's not, people aren't sure if Isabella kind of maybe like did this on her own, maybe with the intent. I don't think she had the intention of starting a war no. or if Edward was specifically like, I think you should go on this pilgrimage and you definitely have to go to Leeds Castle, like knowing that the mm. Lancaster people weren't going to let her in. Interesting. Interesting. So by January 1322, the dispensers had returned from exile and had joined all the fighting. Lancaster was captured and promptly executed. And Roger Mortimer, who fought alongside him, was imprisoned in the Tower of London. Hmm. Oh. So that's when he, the dispenser of the younger, turned to Edward, looked deep into his eyes and said, let's kill everyone. together so quote over the next four years edward and the dispensers imposed a harsh rule over england a sweeping revenge characterized by land confiscations large-scale imprisonments executions and punishments extending to family members including women and the elderly so it is not good everything's in chaos that took a turn and isabella is like this is fucking crazy this shouldn't be happening she's like super not into it and she also hates the dispensers so okay so she was a friend of the other guy yeah yeah and the dispensers don't like her um so at one point she uh asks them a bunch of land lancaster managed to take a bunch of land from isabella um through like i think it was after the the scotland war Mm -hmm. thing that was a failure um and so now that they're gone isabella was like went up to the dispensers and was like hey lancaster took those these like places from me can i have them back and they went no no you can't wow and she's (laughs) so and she's the queen so she's pissed so then in 1322, Edward made kind of a big mistake. So him and Isabella were supposed to go north as part of this new campaign against Scotland because you cannot <laughs> let Scotland be independent, allegedly. And uh, they end up getting separated. And Isabella ends up at Tinnemouth Castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she is surrounded by the Scottish. So uh, like in the north of her is the Scottish army. I think they've kind of like maybe come around south. She's basically like surrounded by the Scottish army. And then if she wanted to escape by sea, Scotland has an uh, like a agreement with um, the Flemish armies and they're kind of like patrolling like the sea. So she's basically like surrounded by enemies, just her and like her very small kind of like personal group of yeah. soldiers. Uh, and so she sends word to Edward and she's like, you have to come and help me. Like this is really, really bad. Uh, But instead of going north to help his wife, he listened to the dispensers and instead went south with them. So Isabella's, like, stranded, stranded. No one's coming to help her. So she ends up having to, like, come up with her own way to get out of this castle. Yeah. Which works. But she does... Two of her ladies-in-waiting end up dying in their escape attempt. Uh, But her and her soldiers manage to get onto a boat and her knights, they, like, commandeer a ship and manage to sail to York. Um, and then Isabella manages to reunite herself with Edward, and she's like, "What the fuck just happened? Like, how dare you leave me? He like, legit, they like, knew, were gonna kill me." He was me. like, "Not expecting <laughs> yeah. her to come back, hundred percent." And uh, she was like, "This is all the fault of the dispensers. Like, you should have listened to me and not the dispensers." And Edward was like, "No, no, 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 no. It wasn't the dispensers' fault. It was uh, Louis Beaumont's fault." And Louis Beaumont was like one of Isabella's like best friends, and supporters and so she was like get the fuck out of here dude so um she's really really upset and she goes on this 10 month long trip around england to kind of like gather herself think about things be away from edward and the dispensers 
Um, and at, around Sounds this like time, <laughs> is entered in the dispensers. Uh, Roger Mortimer escapes <laughs> <For sure>. from <laughs> Roger Mortimer escapes from the Tower of London and flees to France. Mm. So Mortimer's now in France, uh, and so Isabella goes back to London in 1323, and she's brought to court, and she's asked to swear loyalty to the dispensers. What the fuck is happening? Right? And she refuses. She's yeah, just I bet. like, "Fuck no! I'm the fucking queen. I'm not swearing loyalty to you." Not how this works. Mm. Uh, so in 1324, Isabella's brother, who is now King Charles of, Eng- of France, sorry, he declares war on England, and he uh, retakes their duchy of Anquitaine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in response, the dispensers turn on Isabella. They confiscate every single bit of land holding she has. They uh, imprison all her French staff, and they take her children away from her. Oh. Like, you cannot be trusted. Your brother just took our land. Um, so that was the last straw for Isabella. She's absolutely done with the dispensers. She's done with Edward II. She's yeah. basically like, you guys are fucking regret this. <laughs> yeah. I just have to get out of London first. Yeah. So, while this is all going on, Edward is not having a good time. Uh, so, Who's yes, not? he's getting a lot of revenge for his beloved Pierre, uh, but he's pretty sure that people are not happy about this. Uh, and there are what rumors. <laughs> there are rumors the that um, someone has hired a necromancer to kill both Edward and Hugh via black magic. So Ooh. he's very scared about that. And he basically is like, he's like the barons might rise up against me again, or like maybe there's assassins like waiting to kill me. So he's really he's terrified. He doesn't want to leave London. He's really really scared. He's not sleeping. He's yeah. not eating. Huh. So then Charles, Isabella's brother sends him a message and he's like hey edward if you want to get your like and quintine back into your family all you have to do is come to france and negotiate with me face to face and you can come to like a term of agreement kind of a thing but edward is too scared so instead he sends isabella isabella go talk to your brother i can't leave so (laughs) isabella is like okay all right i'll i'll go to yeah i'll go to france and i'll talk to my brother and i'll come back by like the Summer, you'll see. Everything will be fine. I'll send you word of what our agreement is. It'll all be good. So she goes to (laughs) France. She gets to Paris by March 1325. She meets with her brother, Charles, and they come to a peace agreement that instead of Edward coming to France, Isabella's son, who is now 13-year-old Prince Edward, will come to Gascony in place of his father. He'll pay homage to France, um, and then Charles will give them back the land that he stole from them. Mm -hmm. So she sends this to... Edward and the dispensers. She's like, so send our son here. He's going to do the homage thing. And then once that is all done, both me and him will return to England. So they put Prince Edward on a ship. They send him to France. And they wait for him to return. And they wait. wait. And they wait. And neither his mother or the prince come back. They're both just like, they're gone. Now we got your prince, bitch. (laughs) So yeah. Edward II sends a letter to Charles, quote, expressing his concern about his wife's absence. <laughs> <laughs> and Charles replied, quote, the queen has Should've come. Should have gone, gone north, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> the queen has come <laughs> of her own will. everything. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, the queen has come of her own will and may leave freely, or is, or, and may be, may freely return if she wishes. But if she prefers to remain here, she is my sister, and I refuse to expel her. Then he added, also, I'm not giving you back Anquitine psych. Leaks. <laughs> so now Isabella is just walking around the court of Paris, dressed as a widow, claiming that Hugh, to the, Hugh the dispenser had destroyed her marriage. <laughs> Dramatic. 
<laughs> and then she did. Uh, became <laughs> acquainted with a bunch of other English nobility who had been exiled or fled from England, including mm-hmm. Roger Mortimer. So oh. in the summer of 1326, Isabella, Mortimer, and Prince Edward left Paris and traveled north to the home of the Count of Hayo, I think. <laughs> Sorry. So Isabella, um, he's a very wealthy man, and Isabella says, I got an idea. Your daughter, Philippa, Philippa can marry Edward, and she'll be, Edward's going to be the next king of England. Your daughter is going to be the queen. He's like, good. This sounds great. Here's a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, Isabella takes the dowry, and on uh, September 22nd, 1326, her and Mortimer sail across the English Channel back to England with their newly purchased army. So they land on the east coast of England on the 24th, mobilize their probably around like 1,500 troops, uh, and make their way inland. Uh, Isabella is still dressed in her mourning clothes (laughs) and marching along with her army. So Edward and the dispensers find out. They send people to stop them. But pretty much every local army, when they see Isabella and her army, they just switch sides. So she lands with 1,500 troops, soldiers. and as she's going through like England, Rocky. yeah, she's just, like, <laughs> gathering people. People are running behind her. Like, yeah, let's go. Somebody tosses her an uh, orange. <laughs> so, <laughs> so everyone is just joining her army, including people in the... So she is on, like, the east, kind of, like, coming up towards London, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then people in, like, the north of England hear about it, and they're like, yeah, let's join Isabella. So they get armies, and they come oh, marching geez. down. To join her. She must have so many people. So now she's got a huge like a musical number, yeah. honestly. Yeah. So uh, Edward and uh, Hugh, the younger dispenser, flee London. They go to Wales. Uh, but they're eventually captured on the 16th of November, 1326. The older dispenser is also captured. Uh, Isabella tried. I think she wanted to have him on like trial or something like that. So she yeah. didn't want him executed right away. But that didn't happen. His enemies <laughs> immediately like just murdered him. <laughs> Apparently, he was chopped up and fed to dogs. Whoa! So that's a bad ending for him. Yeah. Uh, Hugh the Dispenser, the younger, was sentenced to be brutally executed on the twenty fourth of November in front of a huge crowd, which all like they literally like were like, "Let's watch Hugh the Dispenser get killed." Like they yeah, were like into it. Um, he had a very like bad, 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 bad execution. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, so they, but they didn't, they weren't like Edward II, where Edward II was like, he killed Lancaster, who was responsible for Pierre's death, and then punished like women and the elderly that were like related to the people responsible. They didn't do that. They stopped. So they just got their like co, like their, the core group of the dispensers. Yeah. Anyone else around them, any lesser nobles, women, children, they didn't touch any of those people. Oh, they were okay. like, you're fine. We just want to brutally execute these three people. Jeez. Uh, and now the question is what to do with Edward II because technically, he's still the king of England. Mm-hmm. Um, so they meet with Parliament and there's a decision made to dispose of Edward and have him spend the le- rest of his life under house arrest, <laughs> which sounds like a good plan. But Isabella and Mortimer is kind of like, how do we make sure that his supporters don't break him out of prison? How do we make sure like he doesn't take revenge on us since he's a very revenge-happy guy? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> um, Edward ends up dying while in prison. Oh. Some sources say he maybe died from a sickness, like the conditions of his imprisonment weren't good. But a lot of people think that Mortimer and Isabella had him assassinated. Oh. So... Now Isabella's 15-year-old son is King Edward III, but since he's still a child, he can't really be the king. So Isabella is his, like, regent. She's mm-hmm. ruling in his stead. 
and she makes Mortimer like the, her first minister. So both of them are, they're not married because Isabella has just maybe murdered her husband. And Mortimer <laughs> is already married to another woman. So yeah. it's not like they can be married and he can be king, but he's basically the king of England. Yeah. Um, it worked out for him. Yeah. And uh, they are not the greatest rulers. Isabella manages to make peace with Scotland, and she makes kind of like a peace with France, but the it's not like really popular. Like her peace with Scotland isn't like, you're a subject of England now and we have peace. She's kind of like, okay, how about you keep your independence, but you marry one of my daughters, and the rest of England is like, sorry, you're doing what now? Yeah. It's not what we wanted. Um, and she's also super into making herself very, very wealthy. So they both start seizing like a ton of land and money for themselves. And uh, one year, Isabella's like the money that Isabella got from all her land holdings was thirteen thousand three hundred thirty-three pounds a year. Wow! So a year. They're not super. Obviously, they're not like murdering people the same way like Edward and the Dispensers were. But they're not super popular. It's not like a time of like utopia. It's not like (laughs) they like came and like England and everything was like better. They were like, let's do the same thing again. Just me and you, Mortimer. You take land. I take land. I become rich. You become rich. Uh, so in thirteen thirty, dies of starvation probably. Yeah. In thirteen thirty, <laughs> Edward the Third ended up leading his own coup against his mother and Mortimer. Oh yeesh. So he <laughs> that's awkward. Gathered his yeah. own group of people, overthrew the two of them. He's now he's king officially, Aww. officially King Edward the Third. Uh, so it's Mortimer hard becoming an adult. Yeah, growing older, overthrow your overthrowing father, your mother, your mother's regime. Uh, Mortimer was uh, convicted of treason and he ended up being executed but he was ba- like he was he like was. you usurped my power yeah. and he, he did uh, <laughs> but during the trial Isabella was portrayed as just an innocent bystander to the whole thing like oh. they were really like it was Mortimer that did it and look at Isabella she's just this tiny little pretty woman you think she was the one that was responsible for this mm-hmm. no I don't think so She's um, a woman. <laughs> so I mean, the one time where it worked in know, her, right? her benefit. Uh, so she didn't get like, yeah. executed. <laughs> I just... I don't know uh, nothing. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she was she placed under... <laughs> 72 headdresses. headdresses. <laughs> yeah. uh, she was placed under house arrest, but she maintained an annual salary of 3,000 pounds a year, and she lived an expensive lifestyle, even though she was technically a prisoner in all the castles she lived in. Um, And she continued to be the kind of like go-to person that negotiated between England and France until her death. Um, She even met with Charles the Bad in 1358. Oh. So this is from Wikipedia. Isabella took a nun's habit of the poor Clares before she died on the 22nd of August, 1358. I'm assuming that doesn't mean like immediate, like the day before she was like, I'm a nun now. (laughs) But at some point she became a nun. Um, <laughs> her body was returned to London for burial at the Franciscan Church at Newgate, um, and she was buried in the mantle that she had worn on her wedding. I think it was like a blue and yellow, like, head, yeah, you know, dressy thing. Mantle is that like what goes over your dress? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and Edward's heart was placed into a casket, or Edward's heart had been placed into a casket thirty years before. Was interred with her. I believe that's her husband's heart. Um, so <laughs> she wanted it this way. Yeah. <laughs> she left <laughs> the bulk of her property, including Castle Rising, to her favorite grandson, the Black Prince, with some personal eff- effects being granted to her daughter Joan. Um, so that's kind of the end of Isabella. That's um, crazy. It definitely is like um, she had a crazy life, and she she got the nickname the She Wolf because obviously she 
usurped an entire kingdom yeah. with an army. But she is kind of like, before that, like, um, Eleanor of Anquentine or whatever, African. she was the queen regent while Richard was off on the Crusades. Mm-hmm. But there hasn't really been, like, a... There isn't a queen-queen. We're, like, we're, we're centuries before Elizabeth and like yeah. her sister and all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of like, you're like, you know... Was she really as incompetent and bad and deserving of, like, being called the she-wolf? Or were people just upset that she, a woman, walked into their country with an army and then probably assassinated their king? Yeah. 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 So. But you know what? Because she was was so patient. Like, she she waited so long. (laughs) Yeah. She waited so long. If the dispensers hadn't shown up, she would have never... Done that. done that, that yeah. yeah and at least and she had the thing where the, at least they got along with her or she got along with her husband's best friend slash affair yeah um yeah, she liked pierre yeah and she yeah. was fine with it because she was like okay he's fine yeah but like as soon as that person was replaced with someone worse worse and, <laughs> and disrespected like her. her yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly it was That's... like you know what no no fuck that <laughs> yeah but we we were talking about last time with everything how it would be like a king would die and then they would replace like it's just yeah they didn't get like with it, um, it's not like you you're Joan. queen now when your yeah. husband dies it's like no who's the next king yeah you don't get that power so yeah that's an interesting mm-hmm. yeah. and even with like Elizabeth being queen it was like who are you gonna marry who are you gonna marry who are you gonna marry yeah who are you gonna marry she's like, no one bitch no one. I'm queen <laughs> like, yeah mm-hmm. why um, would I want to give this up to some yeah. man there's lots of speculation about her as much as there is like people being like. Was uh, Edward and Pierre more than best friends? Was Edward and Hugh more than best friends? It's the same thing with Isabella and Mortimer. Mm, There's no one's really sure what their relationship was, but it it falls into the same thing, like adultery and homosexuality at the time, especially like a woman committing adultery. That would have just been like absolutely scandalous, like the most like insane thing ever. So there's no evidence of either of it because if either of them were doing those things, they would have been like, this stays secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one. And knows. if there was evidence, so. we would know. Yeah, like we would be able like, to for sure say. Yeah, like, because they and probably like, would have been killed over it or imprisoned over yeah, it. Yeah, and ex- and then again to go back to now we have like three hundred years later with Elizabeth the same thing like mm-hmm. like there's speculation about relationships she had with people but there's literally no evidence. Yeah, yeah, because you hide it. Yeah, mm-hmm. or could she have like maybe I don't know in thirteen twenty five or whenever it is maybe she didn't have these sexual relationship with Mortimer, but then after her husband was dead, she was like, your wife's not here. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they were just really close. Yeah. Or maybe like, they were just close. Maybe they just was like, you know, the yeah. enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of a yeah. thing. But, so. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was a journey. Yeah. It's crazy. Fucking Edward, eh? Oh my God, <laughs> right? What a terrible king. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel sorry ones. for him that, he obviously cared for Pierre very, very dearly in whatever capacity it was, and I'm very sad that he died. But the dispenser thing is a bad move. I mean, but there was a lot of bad moves. We talked with you and you were saying with Richard and John. Like, Richard is, in that Robin Hood story... Such a hero. Such a hero. It's like King Richard's... He left his fucking country. I think he was in his country for, what, six weeks or something yeah. in the Crockett in total? He was out on crusades, and his country was struggling. Like, that mm-hmm. was one of England's worst periods of time. And yet he's remembered as this, like, heroic... Yeah. King that's being usurped by his brother. No, it's fucking Richard's fault. Yeah, yeah. Richard like, left. <laughs> there's some really bad kings. Mm-hmm. So 
That would be an interesting series. Mm-hmm. What is bad Patrick things? Terrible things. There is, um, like we talked about Braveheart, uh, the, Edward Longshanks is the bad king in Braveheart, and then mm-hmm. he has this like foppish younger son who is Edward II. Mm-hmm. It's like blonde <clears> hair. <throat> yeah. He's very feminine. Yeah. Excuse me. And then there is a princess that is supposed to be Isabella. And that movie does imply that Isabella and uh, William Wallace had a sexual relationship. It does indeed. And that William Wallace is the father of Edward III. That is not true. William Wallace died in like 1305. Isabella was like nine. Yeah. <laughs> she, there, there was no relationship between the two of them at no. all. No, so no, no. I but, didn't even real. I wouldn't have even realized. But who that the was. royal line that then comes into play in Scotland when they say, "Hey, you can do your own thing and have mm-hmm. your own king," mm-hmm. then is the same line that becomes James the First. Yeah. yeah, interesting, crazy. The games they wow. play, right? Those yeah, monarchs. Middle Ages sucked. Yeah. The Middle Ages sucked. Really sucked. I'm learning remember, that. Remember when that guy ripped out those guys' hearts? <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> like. Shit was crazy. Yeah. Anything went. There was no rules. <laughs> Anything goes. Anything goes. I know. I didn't <laughs> like even pluck it out hard. I didn't even <laughs> read. Uh, <laughs> Hugh the Dispenser's execution is the most awful thing I've ever read. I didn't even put it in there because it sounds like a true crime podcast. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, they, um, they you didn't pull things off of people and. I can read it to you Just later. The ones you okay. <laughs> they put something like down on the ground, and then you have to lie on top of it, and then they would pile heavy things on you yeah. until it like broke through your spine. Yeah. Like, they had came up with yeah. the worst, like... They are pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, a form of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely insane. Yeah. And on that note... Yeah. This is not a true crime podcast. No. no. Oh, singular. Could I be. put an S at the end of you that. You rock it. There has to be an element of, like, dark humor to it, though. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. you gotta be able to laugh at it. Because otherwise, it's just, you want to cry forever. Well, you know me. I, I do know you (laughs) hello i can laugh at anything you sure can okay follow us on instagram follow us on facebook follow us on follow us in person (laughs) i want to see you behind (laughs) you while i walk down the street oh goodness (laughs) speaking of true crime yeah (laughs) um send us an email oddsisterspodcast at gmail.com let us know if you have any ideas for episodes okay Cool. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 I got to pee.